Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Well, Mr. Wilcox, I got to tell you, it, it feels like we made it in a way. It, 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 really, it really does. We have been on this journey since August, preseason, training camp, all the way through believing in the Baltimore Ravens. We believed in them last week. You know, shout shout out to our guys, Harley and Ruben. You know, uh, great having them on, talking Texans, yeah. talking a little smack. You know, listen, that, that's what it's all about. That's what it's all about when it comes ah. to talking sports. Ah. But Boys, Baltimore they took- Ravens rolled up on the Houston Texans and made it to the AFC Championship game for the first time since 20, when, when, 2012? AOC Championship game? Yeah, 2012. Yep. Yep. When they won it all? Won it all. We're here. We are here. The Baltimore Ravens, your Baltimore Ravens, are in the AFC Championship game with a chance to make it to the Super Bowl. And we are the Believe in Ravens podcast because, of course, we are. I'm Kyrie Thompson. That's Daniel Wilcox, former Ravens tight end. The man has been there. He's seen what it looks like to make it to the AFC Championship game, and he has seen what it looks like to take it all home. My man, when you look at this team, when you look at what they just did to the upstart Houston Texans, it, got, mm-hmm. it was dicey there. It was lucky to be a tied game. In my opinion, it was lucky to be a tied game at the half. And then the second half came along. What'd you see? I mean, I saw exactly what I thought I was going to see. I knew the Ravens were going to come out a little slow. And I, the way I look at the Ravens, they're kind of like Floyd Mayweather. You know, when I watch them over the over this season, they take a little while to kind of get warmed up. They kind of want to see what you're going to do. It's almost like they dissecting how you're going to attack them. And then once they figure it out, then they go into their full plan of attack. But that first half, that first half is always them just kind of filling out their opponent, kind of like Floyd Mayweather in the first three rounds of his boxing match. You know, he just kind of sit back and just dissect you. He'll, he'll tap you every now and then. But then he turns it on in the fourth and fifth and sixth and seventh round. Next thing you know, you know, he he he's killing you, you know. And that's kind of how the Ravens play their game. Like they they kind of start off a little slow, kind of dissecting what's going on. And then once they figure it out, you know, they make their adjustments at halftime. And then they come out and they hit you big, man. They've been a second half team all year long. And this game kind of played out exactly how I thought it would. I thought it I thought it would be a, a, a game that we would have a substantial lead towards the end of it. And I talked a lot of junk to Harley them last week. You know, I, I, you know, no hard feelings to, to believe in the Texans podcast, but I kind of felt like this is our year, man. I felt like it from the jump. You know, as soon as we signed OBJ, as soon as Lamar Jackson jumped back on board and um, and we got him locked in, I felt like that was the things that we were missing. You know, we needed Lamar. We needed some big time receivers. Zay Flowers came in. You know, Rashad Bateman, I think, has had a heck of a season this year. You know, Aguilar was a huge pickup for us. I said at the beginning of the year as well. I just felt like it was the most weapons that this team and this offense has ever had. And the crazy thing for me is that we spent so much time talking about the offense. Yeah. The Ravens have always been a defensive team. You know, the offense has never gotten this kind of love. So that's that's really the, the Lamar Jackson effect. Since Lamar has came on board, the Ravens have become an offensive team and people have really started to take notice of our offense and our offensive schemes and who the OC is and how important the play calling was on the offensive side of the ball. But before Lamar, nobody cared. You know, now Lamar is there and all of a sudden it's a big deal what happens on the offensive side of the ball. Before then, it was defense, defense, defense. 
we've always been the number one scoring defense, always been the most pressured defense, always been the, the, the most sack having a defense in the league, never gave up 100 yards rushing every every week. And then we've, we've, we've built the entire franchise off defense. You know, we standing 10 toes down, man, and the Baltimore Ravens have stood on business for a long time. And I love this, man. I love to see these boys, these young men, you know, going into this situation, going into an AFC championship game. My last game, Kyrie, was against the Pittsburgh Steelers in Pittsburgh, AFC championship game. We lost, and it sucked. You know, it was a horrible, horrible feeling. We lost in Pittsburgh. I wanted to beat them so bad that year. I think that I think we might have lost to them three times that year, if I remember. You know, it was tough. It was a rough year, man. So I know how it feels to lose this game. I know how it feels to win this game. And I know how I feel to win the big one that comes after this too, as well, man. I'm I'm excited for the city of Baltimore. I will be in the city this week. I'm coming to Baltimore this week to see this game, and I can't wait to see it live, man. So I'm excited about it. I can't wait. Cannot wait. And as I as I mentioned to you before the show, I'm going to be down in Frisco, Texas, taking in the Shrine Bowl. So okay. it is going to be all football mm-hmm. all the time for me. And checking in on maybe some of your future Baltimore Ravens. And Absolutely. hey, last week, the best young Raven y'all got came from the Shrine Bowl, Zay Flowers. And, and it, that was a dude oh. that I, I think that a lot of people in New England, especially because the Patriots coaching staff was down there, were thinking, oh, yeah, they, they wanted Zay. They were going to go for it. And obviously, they didn't end up doing that. They went a different direction with the first round pick, got a very good player in Christian Gonzalez, cornerback. But I'll tell you what, man, it just felt, and we've said this before, it felt like Zay Flowers was a Baltimore Raven from the beginning. He has yeah. been a Baltimore Raven the whole way. And you never know, maybe the next next standout at the Shrine Bowl, one of the next standouts there is also going to be a Baltimore Raven. I'd, I'd be very curious to see. But listen, you talked about you, you talked about the game. So let, let's get into it a little bit. The, okay. the game that is coming up. Right. You got Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. Mm-hmm. And that team is not what it has been. For a while. And, and that, that's a good and a bad thing, I would say. It's good on the defensive side of the ball right. for the Chiefs. They are they're 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 better than they've been. They're aggressive. They've got some good pieces on that defense. They've got, I mean, Chris Jones is one of the best defensive linemen, if not the best in football. I mean, he's 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 been up there, he's an absolute destroyer. Got some solid linebackers in there. Nick Bolton's good. Leo Chanel's a big, heavy, hitting thumper guy. And then mm-hmm. you got Legarius Sneed, Trent McDuffie, the cornerback. I mean, look, they've got talent at every level of this defense. It's not like it was in the first days of Patrick Mahomes being here where they're giving up 30 points a game and, and you just got to outscore people. It's not like that. On the other side of things, this mm. might be Patrick Mahomes' most impressive year of football yet I'm, I'm even talking about that first year as a starter when he came out and threw 50 touchdown passes and, and all that and, and he was MVP I'm even including that because he had Tyree kill that year he had prime Travis Kelsey I mean it was a loaded offense loaded offensive line just I mean for for a young quarterback obviously you still got to go through through your learning curve and all that but he had so many pieces around him. And I feel like right now what he's doing with without a very good receiving core, let's just be straight up. 
Um, they they do not have a ton of talent on the outside. Rashi Rice is better than I thought he was going to be. I will I'm going to give him that. I I was That's not in love with uh, with his explosiveness and his speed coming into uh, this season, but I think that some of that was was nagging injuries, maybe holding him back. And I think that he's he's progressed. He's impressed me. But aside from that, you just don't have a whole lot else. You know, they're trying to find you a got Travis Kelsey. Yeah, well, well, that, well that's what I'm talking. I'm talking about a wide receiver specifically. I'm talking it about don't matter when you, got, when you got a Travis Kelsey. It don't matter what you got outside. And, and see, that's that's the thing. That's like the yeah. the Gronk effect, right? Like right. In, in New England for for the longest, they didn't have great receivers either. Yeah. Um. For for a while, I mean, I had Julian Edelman. Um. Mm-hmm. You know, it was good, but but it was Gronk. Gronk was the guy who dictated the coverage. And Travis Kelsey is still very good at at 34 years old. But you can see the miles kind of starting to, to pile up a little bit. I don't think he's he's quite as as explosive as he used to be. But listen, yeah. I think he he's as smart and and cerebral as he's ever been. Him and Patrick Mahomes have a mind meld. Travis Kelsey can run the wrong route and the ball will still end up there and it, it'll still be a touchdown. Like there's still that. Yeah. But I think that it has potentially become easier to deal with Travis Kelsey than it ever has been. He's been slowed down by injuries this year, for sure. And so now when you force the other guys to beat you one-on-one, that's proving to be more of a problem than it's been in a long time. And it's forcing Patrick Mahomes to really tap into something spectacular and to his credit. What happened to Nicole Hartman? I mean, he was a dog. I mean, is he just fell off or something? He just hasn't ever really found it, I feel like, in the NFL, man. I mean, obviously in college, I mean, because I know you're George boy, right? So right, absolutely. He, he was he was explosive as all hell in college. And I feel like he just couldn't really – I don't know if it was the offensive scheme or what have you, but it felt like he just never quite figured it out. He had some big plays, though, in, in, the, in the playoffs, I, I believe, mm-hmm. in, in that first Super Bowl championship that they right. won, actually. Yeah, yeah, he had a very absolutely. big play in that one, but the production just hasn't been there. And obviously he fumbles in just a really key spot in this last game. They gave, they gave him the, you know, the, the ball and the goal line and he fumbles at the one and fumbles into the end zone. That's a touchback and a yeah, turnover is really unfortunate turnover, but yeah, it's, it's like it, I, I feel like what they're, what they're asking from Hardman now is different than what it was a couple of years ago when yeah. Hardman could be the third or fourth option. Right now, you're asking him to be a little bit higher on the pecking order, and I just don't know that that works for him in in this in this sense. But Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes is already into me, and, and you might you might find this wild because he hasn't been in the league quite that long. But I think yeah. Patrick Mahomes is quite possibly already a top five quarterback that's ever done it. This guy is freaking insane. Yeah. How okay? How many years is this in the league? He came into the league in in, 20, in 2017. So this is his seventh season. Yeah. And I mean, he's, he's already he's already a two-time MVP. I I got uh, I got look. No, I don't think so. I think he he's a super I know he's a Super Bowl MVP already. So has he been two, has yeah. it been, has it been a league MVP already? Oh, uh, so so I think he's he's Oh no, yeah. Yeah, he's he is a second he's a two-time NFL MVP. Because he won it in that first full year as a starter when he just went absolutely wild. Like Nuts, 50 yeah. touchdown passes, 5,000 yards, craziness, right? 
And then he won his second MVP um, last year. And then, yeah, right, right. That was last, it was in the 2022 season. Um, and then he's a two time Super Bowl champion and Super Bowl MVP, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, he's his resume is already insane for yeah, being absolutely. Yeah, sixth year, seventh year. Yeah, so I think this is his seventh season. So I mean, it's 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 wild. It is completely insane for him to be playing at at this level. Um, <laughs> and he's not he's not even thirty. How old is this? He's twenty eight years old. I mean, that it, it that's wild. He's so, still two years older than Lamar. Yeah, and you gotta you gotta deal with this. Yeah. You gotta deal with this now. And so, when you're thinking about going into a game against Patrick Mahomes. Even if you're not talking about the elite weaponry that he's had in the past, right? I mean, what do you got to do? What do you got to do to stop this man? Not, not even stop him. What do you got to do to slow him down? Um, the thing, the, the thing that happens for quarterbacks like Patrick Mahomes, the way that you beat him, you have to disrupt timing. Everything is a rhythm. Everything is timing. And one of the best things about Patrick is he's such a great ad libber. He's a gamer. He's a he's a guy. You know how Cam Newton was talking about. You know, whether or not guys are game changers or guys are just clock or managers. Game manager, yeah. Game managers. Yeah, he's he's definitely a game changer. You know, the way he throws the ball, the arm angles he throws with, the way he's his, his, you know, his pocket presence, his awareness, his pocket awareness is phenomenal. But the way you beat him is you disrupt the timing on his receivers, you jam them at the line of scrimmage, you don't give them clean lanes to throw in, you know, you keep you keep people in his face, you continue to give them pressure. He doesn't like to get hit. He's tough as nails, but he doesn't like yeah. to get hit. Who does, right? Banged, yeah, when he gets hit and banged around a lot, you know, he starts to make mistakes and stuff. And he's going to give you a chance. He's like Brett Favre. He give you a chance every game to, to pick him off. You know, you just have to be ready for it when it comes and pick it off when it comes. It's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to happen. He's going to throw it. You're going to see a ball drop. Somebody going to drop a pick or be right there and miss it. You know, but he's going to give you a chance to pick him off. But you have to make him very uneasy in the pocket. You got to keep him on the move. And then you got to jam his receivers at the line of scrimmage to slow down and, and knock off that time. And, and get rid of that rhythm that they have. And then you got to shut down the run. If you shut down the run, it's, the play action stuff will be non-effective at all. And then he'll have to just drop back and throw it and beat you that way. And I think with the defense that we have and the secondary that we have, we got an opportunity to really make some things shake up. You know, in his in his day, I, it's not going to be an easy game for Patrick Mahomes. It won't be the game he had last week. I can guarantee you that. It's going to be a very hard game for him. They're going to they're going to be all over him. They're going to be in his face. They're going to make it very very uncomfortable. He's a he's he is our Tom Brady. Like this generation that's coming up right now yeah. that never got a chance to see Brady, Patrick Mahomes would be Brady in another five years. It's him. It's, it's it, I promise you, he's him. He's, he's every him. bit of him. You know, this is like the Atlanta Falcons going to the Super Bowl and losing to Brady with that comeback win. You know, he has that type of capability. So you got to put him away, and you can't think that he's put away when you put him away. You got to continue to drive that yeah. nail in the coffin. You yeah. know, deeper and deeper and deeper. To your point about needing to jam his receivers, make life difficult for him. And, you know, that this, this isn't, you know, going to be an easy game. I want to look at something real fast. So, okay. uh, you know, pro football focus loves to chart, um, you know, time to throw, right? So how long does it take from the time the ball is snapped to the time to get rid of the football? And Patrick Mahomes, I mean, he kind of gets thought of as a guy who holds on to the football for a really long time, right? Cause he scrambles mm -hmm. and, you know, moves around the pocket and he extends right. plays a lot. He does do that, but his his time to throw statistics aren't usually that egregious, right? 
is I like usually they start talking about like, okay, like, um, you know, 2.5 seconds is like the amount of time that typically you want to try to get the ball out of your hands somewhere, somewhere in there, because that's that after that point, pressures start becoming more likely. So Patrick right. Mahomes for his career is at 2.86 and only one time was he ever really that close to three before this year. It was like 2.9. So it's like, yeah, he holds the ball, but it's not super, super long. Yeah. This year, he held the ball for an average of 3.03 you know, seconds. So it's over three for the first time in his career. And what that tells me is that it's it, guys aren't getting open the way that they used to. Because right. he's not the kind of guy who will hold on to the ball if he sees an open receiver, generally. Right? He's like, if he sees you open, okay, fine. You're right there. We're good. I've got my answer. There you go. But I think what the Baltimore Ravens and, and some of these other defenses have proven very equipped to do is get physical with those guys, lock them up at the line of scrimmage, give your pass rush a chance to get after him, which, by the way, he's underratedly fast and, and has got elite escapability. Like, you, you always look at him and you're like, hey, he's not that fast, but he's always just as fast as he needs to be to get away from you. You don't see him getting caught a whole lot right. once he decides to start getting it in gear. Very true. Game speed. Yes, absolutely. And so you got you got to try and keep him in the pocket, which isn't to say he's not going to beat you from the pocket because he absolutely can. But you got to try and keep him in there because he is he is special once you let him get outside of there. But you got to make him hold the ball. You got you got to make him be the one that has to run around in circles and run around and run around and find a way to beat you, in my opinion. And this year, with the way that things have been going for for, you know, the, the Chiefs in terms of what they've got weapons wise, right. I think. You've got safeties that can match up with Travis Kelsey if they need to. I mean, Kyle Hamilton is created in a lab to do stuff like that. Absolutely. I mean, it, this could be a tough one for them. And then it's just all about the front getting home and those linebackers eating up the running backs to take away the checkdowns, too. Yeah, I mean, you confirmed everything I just said. You know, with your stats from PFF, that, that pretty much confirms it. Like, everybody that plays against Patrick Mahomes is doing that exact same thing. They're trying to jam those receivers up at the line of scrimmage. They're trying to slow down his timing. You know, they do make him hold on to the ball a little bit longer than he has to because that's how you get to him. You know, so that's exactly what we have to do this week, man. We we have to disrupt timing, and we got to keep their offense off the field. If he's not on the field, how can he score? You know, so if our offense takes up all the points all the time, you know, if we if we control the time of possession of the game, that's tremendous. And then just the turnover better. You know, don't turn the ball over. You know, be better. You know, we gave up a touchdown on special teams. Can't do that type of stuff, man. We just, yep. you know, we got to be, you got to be smart. And that's the only reason that game was close last week at, at all at halftime. You know, you take that touchdown away from the point return, you know, it's 10 3 at halftime, I think, right? Yep. And they didn't you know? score a single offensive touchdown. No touchdowns given up. That's how good the defense is. They gave up one field goal the whole game. Love yeah. that. Love that. Yeah. The defense showed up in full effect, man. You got to get those boys props. I, I, I even love Rick Roquan Smith. You know, statement after the game, he's like, "Man, I don't care about all that stuff they talking about Lamar. You know, he he ain't out here by himself. We got his back. Let's go. I love it. You know, and that's how it is, man. We, you know, you got to have each other. I'm my brother's keeper. Let's go out here. Let's play ball, man. And whatever you got, we gonna make you right on our side of the ball. You make us right on your side of the ball. Let's go. Let's get after these boys. I mean, that guy is. He's he's already a legend. I feel like in Baltimore, Roquan Smith. I mean, you, you got you got people talking about. And, and again, I don't want I don't want to 
equate the two talent-wise and legacy-wise right now. We know they're not at the same point. But somebody from the fan in Baltimore, I heard him on the radio today saying, like, he he has become for this team what Ray Lewis was for the old Ravens in terms of that tone setter, in terms of the energy, and that just running around and punishing people and letting them know about it constantly. Roquan has never stops talking when when he when he hits you. I mean, he's over there telling CJ Stroud, like, you better get down. I'm coming for you, smacking people on the sideline, just like letting them know, like, yeah. I mean, it, hearing a guy do that all the time yeah. and it just being like, I'm here, I'm here to smack you. And I'm here to get everybody else on my side of the ball riled up to come hit you too. Yeah. I mean, people, people don't, we get very caught up sometimes in the numbers and the scheme. And, oh, yeah, this guy's just more talented than this guy. But especially on the defensive side of the football, football is an attitude game. It is. That's the kind of the kind of game you just – just. I mean, yes, you got to do your assignment. You got to be smart. You got to be sound. But the part of it is just like I'm just going over here with bad intentions. Simple as that. Simple and Roquan Smith goes everywhere with bad intentions. Yeah, I love it, man. I, you know, I think I, what I love most about him is his his humbleness. And his his ease to be able to take the knowledge and the toolage from Ray, you know, to see him watching film with Ray and Ray teaching him all the tricks of the trade, and he's willing to accept that. You know, you could easily have an ego if you're somebody like him that went to Georgia, won national titles, you know, get picked early in the draft, and then you get you know traded to an elite team, and you come in and you ball out every year, leading the whole league and tackles every year. You know, like it's easy to have a a, a, a ignorant mindset, man, and conceited mindset. You have to be humble to sit down from another man. I don't care how great he is to learn from him, to take the knowledge, to take the toolage from him and be willing to implement that into your game, man. And I love to see his growth. I love the fact that Ray is, is mentoring him or teaching him or she, even if it's not a mentorship, even if it's not a teaching thing, him just sitting down with him, just having these conversations with him because you take so much from a conversation with Ray. Ray is one of the most inspirational, motivating guys you could be around and listen to. And he gets you pumped up even watching film and it's not even game day. You know, it makes you want to go run through a wall, man. So it's awesome to see him get that toolage and that that knowledge from Ray. And I, I love Ray for being willing to, to share and give it back. You know, it's one thing to play this game for a long time. It's another thing to be on television doing commentary and all that type of stuff. And it's a whole nother thing to coach and teach. And I'm just glad that he's he's willing to open his arms and open his love up to another another young guy that's coming up through his ranks. I love it. Absolutely. Now, let's talk a little bit about before we go. Yeah. The man that we haven't talked about enough yet. Who? Lamar Jackson became in this last game the first player in the history of the NFL. Anybody that's ever played in the league to have two passing touchdowns, two rushing touchdowns, 100 yards rushing, and a passer rating of over a hundred in a game and that and as regular season or playoffs literally the first person to ever do that in any single game ever i mean that's crazy that is beyond special and i just want to say because we we've talked about it and we've touched on it at multiple points there are people out there that will continue to look at what lamar jackson did 
just in terms of the box score and be like, oh, look at that. The Ravens won with 152 yards passing. Must be nice that like mm-hmm. Lamar, like they can win with Lamar Jackson, you know, throwing the ball like that. And I just can't because that means, first of all, you're not watching some of the throws that he was making, some of the plays that he was making. And you're not accepting the fact that this guy is also the arguably like the singular player in NFL history that does what he does. There have been quarterbacks who could run, who could run with the football. There have been lots of quarterbacks who were great at throwing the football. What we saw in that game this on Saturday was the best that a quarterback arguably has ever run and thrown the football in a game ever. I mean, he he's, he's that guy. And I think that he is continuing to show this league that he does not have to fit in the box that everybody wants to put him in. Okay. That everybody wants to say, Oh, well, he's just a running quarterback and running quarterbacks can't win in the playoffs and running quarterbacks can't win Super Bowls. Okay. Tell, go ahead and try to tell me that dude can't win a Super Bowl. I'm not, I, I don't accept it. And I think also people just being like, oh yeah, well, he's only winning now. Or he's only doing this now because he learned how to pass. He didn't learn how to pass. He's been able to pass. He's been able to throw the ball for years. And you're only just now noticing it because he has an offense now that's given him the keys to do it. And now he's putting it all together. Okay. Because again, all, all the all the talking heads talking about, well, he's going to have to win a game with his arm at some point. Like he's never done that before. And you know what? What he did was they blitzed the heck out of him in the first half. And they adjusted in the second half. But even when they were blitzing him, he was tearing he was his like, ass up. He's like, fine, I'm, I'm going to run. I'm going to gas you. And you know what? In the second half, I'm going to do all of it. I'm going to do every bit of it to you. There's a special player, and I just want us to appreciate that while we're watching Absolutely. it because, I, I'm, you know, this, this is probably your MVP of the league. You should be your MVP of the league. Right. I don't really want to hear about Dak. I mean, and I'm, I was even talking about this in the regular season. Yes. Right? People are like, oh, yeah, well, Dak's regular season. I don't care. I don't care. Because find me somebody that's more valuable to their football team aside from, like, Patrick Mahomes than that dude right you know it's a new day you know it's a new age hey it's a new era it's 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 era eight right you know new era eight man i just this guy has been phenomenal since day one he was phenomenal before he came to the ravens you know this is he's been treated like a typical black quarterback has always been treated and i just really i don't understand why people why there's so much hate thrown his way but then I have to sit back and think. I used to hate Tom Brady too, you know. <laughs> I used to hate Brady too, man. I, you know, he put me out a couple of a couple of opportunities to win the Super Bowl, and you know, you get you get to a point where somebody is so good, you you don't like them. And I I, I can't I can't I can't help but to think some of that is what's happening to Lamar. But that's not all what's happening to him. You know, I watch I've watched this thing from day one. You know, from the people going into the draft talking about he needs to change his position because he's so explosive. And it, and it really shocks me that people have submitted to thinking that to be the quarterback, you don't, you can't, you can't be a, a phenomenal athlete. So if I'm a great athlete, that means I can't think. 
Like, what is, I mean, that mean I can't process things fast enough because I'm a great athlete. That's such a contradictory thing to yeah. say to somebody like, you know, like because you're fast, because you're quick, because you're twitchy, because you could jump, because you're explosive, you can't play this position because you're too good at all those other attributes. And I'm going to label you something different because you're that athletic, you know? So if you do that, you basically tell Jordan he can't be Jordan because he's the most phenomenal athlete in the world at that, at that position, right? Yeah, it was, it's, fun, it's funny, though, because people will do that real real quick. People do that all the time. Or I, I've yeah. seen people do that where Jordan, you know, he wasn't the most athletic guy. You know, he wasn't the most talented, but he worked really hard and improved his game as opposed to LeBron James, who just came in with all this God-given skill, never worked at anything and i'm like no, that's not true did y'all see michael jordan jumping from outside the paint no jordan was did, gifted did you athlete. see that when he came into the league because I, I i wasn't here but i saw the highlights i saw the, him doing the all people that. the people that say that are the people that can't play basketball that's the people that can't do it on his level the yes. people that know basketball and know what athleticism looks like nobody's saying that anytime you hear anybody that played that game or coached that game talk about jordan they say he was an elite athlete he was a phenomenal athlete. He is his, literally his ability like was godlike. One one of one kind of athlete. But you know what? In, in talking That's about Lamar that, Jackson. Right? That's Lamar Jackson. Yeah, he is. He's yeah. he's one of one. And I think part of the reason, and you mentioned the Tom Brady thing, right? That yeah. there are some people out there that'll hate on him just because just because he's, he's doing good. so well, he's and good. you know, you want to take it away from him, and you hear people talking about oh, Tom Brady wasn't that talented, you know, whatever. And it's like, what are you talking about, man? Like Throw being able to throw the ball through a teacup is a talent. What just because he can't just because he can't run a four-four, he wasn't right. talented. It's the difference like, from not being talented and being athletic. It's two totally different things. Two completely different yeah. things, right? Absolutely. But I think I think the other thing too, though, and, and this gets back to you know, because black quarterbacks are always talked about in that way that oh, well, you're athletic, this guy is cerebral, right? Or, or you got such a strong arm and so you can you're, you're an athlete but this guy is a gamer right it's a, a, Lamar Jackson runs the football but Josh Allen uses his legs it's like it, it's it's all part of that and I think what what strikes me is that Lamar Jackson right now and he's been doing this for years but especially right now mm -hmm. has an opportunity to completely change the way that people think about quarterbacking and think about football. It's already, it's already done. And, and I mean, I want it to continue because I want, I want this, done. I want this Super Bowl championship for that reason, part right. Because right. I want people to have to reckon with that. The fact that you said a Super Bowl couldn't be won like this because why? Because it doesn't make sense to you because yeah. you don't think football can be played that way. No, 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 no. He's showing you that it can be. Not everybody can do it like that in the same way that not everybody can hit half-court threes like Steph Curry, right? You can't ask everybody to play like Lamar Jackson, but you can't ask everybody to just play like Tom Brady either. Guys have talents. Let them be who they are. And Lamar Jackson is absolutely just, just turning football and turning quarterbacking on its head and telling you there are there's more than one way to do this. I can do yeah. it my way. Watch me work. This would have happened 20 years ago if the dog fighting thing with Michael Vick didn't happen. 
he's doing it at such an alarming rate of speed. It's the first time everybody's seeing it. Like Michael Vick came into the league, took the league by storm, became the face of the whole league. The Michael Vick experience had amusement park rides, all type of stuff going on. Madden covers the whole nine yards. Nobody ever seen anything like it. He was the first official type of, you know, jerky, irky, elite type of athlete that that Lamar is. And Lamar, of course, grew up watching him, idolizing him as a player himself. And um, he had that flip of the wrist. You know, he could throw the ball a mile and, you know, you couldn't say he couldn't throw because he could flip it, you know, a mile, you know. And then people would say that said then he can't he can't play quarterback being a running quarterback. And he did it. He did it for four or five years. And he get caught up in a dog green thing. And then he gets out of the league for two years. Then had to fight to get back into the league in a backup role. And then at that point, that's when he became more of a pocket passer. You know, Lamar is in year six and he's 26 years old. And he's doing it right before your eyes with no interruptions, no off the field infractions, no BS happening, no, no, no drunk, drunk related experiences, no, no weed smoking type things, you know, no bad relationship issues that you're seeing posted all over the news by the grace of God, knock on wood. I would like, hopefully that continues to go for in his favor, no gambling ring type stuff, no dog fighting incidents. It's yep. nothing. He's been squeaky clean off the field. He's been a model, a model athlete and a model citizen throughout his entire career, even at Louisville, no incidents back then either. And now you've seen it firsthand happen where a guy that came into the league being explosive running the ball, now it wasn't his fault. They shaped the offense in that position for him to be the guy because he's that dynamic. you know. And now they got a new OC. Now you see him sit in the pocket and be more poised. And he's been handing out sacks this year. Everybody that got a sack to Lamar this year, you could thank Lamar for being patient enough to sit in the pocket and let you do it. Because if he wasn't patient enough, you wouldn't have got those. Because he's that magical. He would have he would have found a way to slip you, make you miss. If he got sacked 30 times this year, he would have got sacked 15 times less if he would have took off running. Because you can't you, you wouldn't have been able to get those sacks if he if he hadn't sat in the pocket and let you get them. Yeah. And I and I think that's part that's part of why it's funny, real quick. Right. Uh, Bill Polian talking about, well, yeah, you know. Uh, you got to tell your defensive linemen that they're not really there to sack Lamar Jackson. They're they're just there to to you know contain him and keep him in there. And I was like, oh, so we're not gonna try to sack Lamar Jackson then? You think he's not just gonna sit there and just chill and be like, all right, fine, I'll throw the football. Like again, people just don't know how to reckon with Lamar Jackson being who he is. That you can be that good at running the football. Right. And 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 be that good at passing the football as well. And again, this isn't new stuff. OK, but it's just it's people not. right now are noticing. Yeah, it's been that guy. All he's along. been that guy. He's and, and I want to see it on the biggest stage in sports. And they've got an opportunity to do that. But first, you've got to take care of Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. And I'll tell you what, I, I'm I'm going to try real hard. Try real hard not to go there too fast. But if they actually they beat the Chiefs, then I, I feel like it is going to be hard for me not to just be hammering the Lamar Jackson MV, Super Bowl MVP odds really yeah. hard because it, it, it'll feel like it's time for it. But you know what? Yeah. Let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. We're not going to get too far ahead of ourselves. It's Kansas City, baby. Let's go. Kansas City Chiefs. We're hyped for it. I don't know if you could tell. But this is the Believe in Ravens podcast, so you should know by now. I'm Kyrie Thompson. That's Danny Wilcox. We are going to be back with more stuff throughout the week as we get ready for the biggest game in recent 
Ravens history. Let's go. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.